0: how is that the gospel going to play out in our lives tomorrow morning? How is it going to play out in our lives this afternoon? And so I also want some people to know there was quite a few people that when they filled out their 3x5 card, they just put Psalm 23. Well, Psalm 23 is an incredible passage of Scripture, but it's not the gospel. And so this morning as we enter into, okay, this is... Where we've come from as a, you know, as a church, and I want to say thank you to Pastor Andy and the staff for allowing us to be away last weekend. uh, God gave us a privilege to marry one of our young men that grew up at Bible Fellowship Church that his dad never came to church. And neither did his mom. But now he's involved in a church in Atlanta and he loves Jesus and his wife loves Jesus. And it was such a privilege to stand at the rehearsal dinner and we're talking and so they wanted people to give speeches and you know you don't you don't really know what's going to happen but her dad stands up and her dad says this is what I want you guys to know God is there you're here and you're here and if you want your marriage to be incredible you both need to be moving towards God and that will draw your hearts together in a thing called marriage and I about fell out of my chair and just said, Lord, I don't know, this is just awesome. So the privilege to be able to share the gospel, to be the gospel in a young generation, like it's kind of awkward to be the old guy in the group. And uh, so Susan said to me, you see this whole mezzanine? You know, we're the oldest one sitting up here. I said, no, babe, there's one person sitting over there. I saw him already. He's older than me, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, babe. She said, I think I'm pretty sure. So anyway, we argued a little bit about it, and she won, and we kept on going. So... um Pray for, uh, she's with uh, Team Korea, so we came back this morning, Team Korea's uh, spending the weekend up in Orlando, uh, and so just a discipleship opportunity. Uh, they've had one really kind of outing where they went to the mall and did a scavenger hunt, but the rest of it's been around the scriptures, uh, just talking truth of scripture, challenging them to do some spiritual push-ups, uh, challenging them with things that they don't necessarily want us to, to talk to them about, but we love them enough to say, hey, We probably need to talk about this, and so we've done that, and it's been really cool to sit with them, uh, pray for them as we go back this afternoon. We have a couple more things this evening. Uh, So moms and dads that haven't got a text message from your children, they are doing great. Uh, We have taken their phones away, so we get confiscated every once in a while, so it's kind of nice to watch a teenager not be on a phone, uh, which has been really good, and then have conversations across the table or uh, just talking with them about the the Word of God has been really, really neat. Uh, so we'll come back tomorrow uh, after lunch, and that'll be a part of the discipleship thing. One of the neat things that we do is go to Korea, but you really need to take somebody, you know, like to Orlando to figure out before you go 7,000 miles away what's going to happen in scenarios, you know, so they have not had opportunity to do what they wanted to do. Here's the schedule. You're on KP duty. You're helping, you know, cook breakfast. This is this way it's going to be. There's no questions or comments or, you know, you just do it or you don't go to Korea. This is part of it. Because we have to be able to trust you. We have to be able to say, hey, look, you know, we're going to go to Korea, and, and we get 7,000 miles away from your mom, we're not going to call your mom up and say, by the way, can you fly back over here because they don't want to do kitchen duty, um, which we wouldn't do that. But we're challenging them, you know, spiritually, so we're excited about that. But to say that, oh, I said a lot of different things, but I want to say this to you. If you don't know the gospel, it's found in First Corinthians chapter 15. Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures he was buried and 3 days later he rose again he died for us because we needed forgiveness of our sin and so if for some reason you get confused or you can't you know figure it out take a little card write down first Corinthians chapter 15 and whenever you have questions you know here's the scripture go you know, to the scriptures and allow it to teach you the next part that what i want to talk about this morning is because we know the gospel which is really important But how is the gospel affecting you? What does it look like between you and Jesus and your personal relationship? So the word that I want to talk about this morning is discipleship. And I want to talk about the word discipleship maybe from a little bit different perspective. As I look at Paul's uh, writing to to the church at Colossae, it's interesting that most of us when we think about discipleship, we're thinking, well, we went to church. Well, we went to Sunday school, we we're involved in a small group. All those things are really important. But when I'm thinking about discipleship, I'm thinking about you, your Bible, and your relationship with Jesus. I'm, when I say discipleship, I'm thinking about you and your Bible and your relationship with Jesus. What does that look like? What is that interaction like for you? I mean, I don't know about you, but when we sing that song, I get goosebumps when we think about the power in the name of Jesus. I love to sing about it. But I don't want to be a goosebump Christian. Where I came in on Sunday morning, I got my goosebumps, and I go out and live my life however I want to live my life. If that is true, then my life will be different because there is power in the name of Jesus. So certain things change in my life. One of the fun things that we do with these students that are going to Korea, we try to figure out their personality types. It's really interesting to know if somebody's a lion, an otter, a beaver, or a golden retriever, how are they going to respond in different scenarios, right? So if we're going to ask the kids to do it, we're going to do the same thing. So if you would have talked to me about 15 years ago, my whole highest line would have been the lion number. That would have been off the charts high. So I'm sitting down starting to fill out this form because I want, you know, the boys are doing it, so I'm doing it too. And I start looking at this thing and thinking, you know what? I have two things, and if you would have told me 15 years ago that I would have, these two would be my, my top two, I would have laughed at you. One of them is, is part of who I am. That is a lion. But the other part of it is the golden retriever. It's more of that relationship person, doesn't like confrontation, it doesn't like to, you know, mix it up in certain scenarios, and that's part of who I am. But You know what I sat as I looked at that, that paper and said, you know what, Lord? I see evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit changing a broken individual. So it's one thing for you to sit in here and say, yeah, I can write out the Gospel, John 3, 16, 1 Corinthians 15, or I can re-go through the Romans road, okay? That's huge. But the power is in Maho. I'm a different individual because not only do I know the gospel, but the gospel has discipled me in a different direction. So if you have your Bible, go with me to, uh, to Colossians chapter 1. Okay, so Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. And what's interesting is as we start Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, you're going to see Paul's going to pray for a church at Colossae. What I want you to notice first is what he does not. Pray for. That's really important. Because most of the people sitting in buildings today called churches want Paul to pray for the things that he does not pray for. So as you look at your Bible, first or in in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, and so from this day we've heard that we have not ceased praying for you, asking that you may be filled with. So stop there. So when you read after filled with, you do not see prosperity. You're not going to read easy believism. You're not going to read that he wants you to be happy. You are not going to read that life is going to be really pleasant for you. Well, that's why I went to church. I mean, I, I received the gospel because I just want my life to be good. I mean, if Jesus is there, everything should just be smooth. He doesn't pray that for these people. So before you read that, also I want you to read that little word, Verse, in verse 9, it says that you may be filled with. So I'm just wondering when I read the word filled with, as I look at Paul's prayer, is the church empty? Not numerically. Is there something that's not part of who they are as an individual? So he's praying that you'll be filled with. So if he's going to give us a list list of things that we could be filled with, that means that you and I sitting in a building today could be filled with other things that are not on Paul's list. And if we're honest, all of us sitting in here have been filled with other things and we have made some pretty unwise decisions because we have allowed Something other than what Paul is praying, say, you know what? Well, this will just, this will just give me value. Well, this will just make me whole. Well, if I just get this, or if I just do this, or if I just have, you know what's interesting? You know what the gospel is? Jesus, nothing more, nothing less. Jesus, nothing more, nothing less. Is that true of you sitting here this morning? Or what are you being filled with? Here's a question for you. You all you all have a lot of different things that you do throughout the day. So I'm not going to identify a lot of different things. But just to put in your mind what your favorite thing to do is. Okay? So your favorite thing to do could maybe take an hour, let's just say, to do. When was the last time we sat with the Bible for an hour? When was the last time we sat with the Bible? Well, maybe your favorite thing is just 15 minutes. When was the last time you sat with the Scriptures for just 15 minutes? You, your Bible, and the Jesus that you write about, you can write down, yeah, this is, salvation is this, So if that is true, the one who gave his life for you, the one that his beard was ripped out for you, the one that there is power in his name, when have you sat with him? He said, Father, I just need to have a little conversation. Jesus, I just need to spend a little time reading the scriptures so I know who you are as Jesus. What does that look like for my life? I want to be filled with that. Just be careful. If you're not being filled with that, you are being filled with something else. So as you read this morning, filled with the knowledge, so as you read this Scripture, so I want to encourage you, obviously not to be a donut, but to be filled with the Scriptures and your time with the Lord. Paul's prayer is that they would be filled with knowledge. His knowledge. Interesting, most of us that we read through the book of uh Corinthians or, or uh, Colossians were not thinking about the time and age that was going on, and there was a group of individuals that had infiltrated the church and society at Colossian. and you're saying, you know what? We have superior knowledge. And so Paul says to that group of believers that are living in a day and age where individuals outside the church, outside of Scripture saying, you know what? We have superior knowledge. You know what Paul's saying to that church? My prayers for you is this that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. That it wouldn't be a need for you to go out here and say, well, by the way, what what do you think? What would it look like if you went and asked a question? If I went and asked a question to one of my friends and they say, and whatever question I made, they would say, well, what scripture? Or they would give me a Bible verse back saying, you know what? You ask this question, I'll give you this Scripture. How many times over the years have we said, well, you know, so-and-so said this. But what did the Scripture say? Well, you know, you read on this little thing called Facebook, they say this. And I, and I understand, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a Facebook hater. I'm not an Instagram hater. But you know what's fascinating to me is y'all believe what they put on Facebook. You believe that is actual news. You know how I know that? I watched my mom's husband. His phone would beep. And they would say that somebody said this. And he would tell me, did you know that so-and-so said this? I'm like, no, but I just probably need to let you know that what they say is not always true. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not true. So it's interesting is we're looking, well, Facebook said it. My neighbor said it. The preacher said it. What does the Scripture say? Paul says this to the scriptures, to the church of Corinth, that we're seeking knowledge. He's praying that they will be filled with his knowledge. Okay, that's pretty interesting. That gets a little exciting. Well, what does that look like? Well, the knowledge of his will. Is God's will a mystery? We walk around at times thinking, you know what? I just really don't know what God wants me to do. What's his will? It's in the Scriptures. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Flee sexual immorality. Don't get drunk with wine. That's his will. And so Paul's saying to the, and and all of the, everything that Paul is going to say is countercultural to what is going on in the church at Colossae. And so most of what I'm going to say to you is counterculture. Most of us are going to say, you know what, if I say to you, find your value in Jesus, you found your value in 20 other things this week. You're looking for horizontal value. You will never find meaningful value in horizontal relationships. You know why? Because your horizontal relationships did not choose you before the creation of heaven and earth. Your horizontal relationships did not say, yeah, I would be willing to die on a cross for your sins, even while you were yet worthy, and I didn't want a relationship with you. God demonstrates love to you when? When you were sinners. When you didn't have it all together, did anybody in your horizontal relationship say, you know, I really love you so much, I'm just going to give up my life for you? No, it would be kind of hard if somebody came to us and said, you know what, you've got the right blood type and I, I need one of your kidneys. Well, hold on a second. I got two kidneys. You want one. Well, what's going to happen if something happens to my other kidney? Well, I'm not going to give you my kidney, let alone my life. That's what God did. So I want a relationship with you. I'll send my son and die on the cross for your sins. And so as you read this, this, so you're back to verse 9 again. May be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. What does that look like? As I think about spiritual wisdom and understanding, I'm thinking about taking the scriptures that I know is true and then applying it to my circumstances and my situations in life. All right? How does that play out in my life? Well, I was thinking about John chapter 14, 15 through 17, that Jesus is my, and the Holy Spirit is my teacher. you all need any help in learning some things? Does anybody in here have any issues that you can't figure out? Have we asked Jesus to be your teacher? Holy Spirit, I just need you to show me what's going on here. I need, I need some help here. Or, you know, and I've said this one often, but it's really my favorite right now, and, and uh, is Ephesians chapter 1, 3, and 4. Just spiritual wisdom and knowledge. Can I say something to you today? Before the creation of the world, he chose you. He knew which one of us in this room would say yes to Jesus. But you know what's interesting? You all watch each other. You watch what they drive. You watch what each other wear. You watch, each, watch what each other, where you live. You watch each other's size of their houses. If you don't want a perfect example of that, get involved and in Go to 64, turn right on 17, turn left, and keep on going all the way out on 60. It's the Jones area. When you almost get to 75, I call it the Jones area. It starts out this nice little ranch house. And there's one bigger, and then one bigger, and one bigger, and one bigger, and one bigger. Why build a big house? I'm chosen. Do I really need somebody from outside to drive by my house and say, wow, they're really special? No, the creator of the heaven and earth said he's special. I chose him. Hmm. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and through 7. Peter's challenging these individuals in this church that they're going to suffer. Why? They're going to suffer so that they, they can test the, their faith, so they can test their spiritual muscles, so they can just see if they can do a push-up or not. It's amazing you don't get your parking spot at Walmart, your blood pressure goes up. What's going to happen when they shut the church down? If we can't even handle a parking spot at Walmart, what's going to happen if you, you can't go to church anymore? Is there enough inside of muscle, of spiritual muscle inside of you? No matter what you say, He is my Savior. I don't need to go to a building. It's nice. It's great to have you here. But it should be just say I open up my Bible and say, Wow, that's, that's my Savior. And he said the greatest in the kingdom is the one who came in first. Is that what he said? No, he's talking to his disciples. Who are you going to sit on the right? And who's going to sit on the left? Who's, who's he say the greatest? The servant of all. One who says, I don't need to be in first. You know what's fascinating is? Some people sitting in this room right here, they cannot not be right. They got to have the last word. Oh, and you're, you, you call it communication. You call you this. I just need to get my point across. No, it's just, you're so empty that you cannot not have the last word. That you haven't spent enough time saying, Wow, I need to be filled with wisdom and knowledge and understanding of His will. Fill me up, Father. Spend time with Him. Spiritual wisdom is the practical know hows. James chapter 1, verse 5, James chapter 3, verse 15. Taking wisdom and applying it to us. To its practical problems is understanding. Colossians two two. Adam, would you do me a favor? Um Harper's over in Sunday school class. Um she's I want her to do something at the end of church this morning. Now, it's interesting that Paul is praying this for a very specific reason. So go back to verse nine. So we'll start at verse nine again. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. I just want to see how I want you to see how this works together. And so, from the days we heard, we not ceased praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his might for all endurance and patience. Why does he want them to have spiritual wisdom and understanding? Because he wants them to be sons and daughters that can walk worthy. We cannot represent somebody that we don't know. And we cannot have this, this ministry into our community that we want the world to see, what do you want the world to see? That you just went to church? That you call yourself a Christian? Or do you want the world to see, you know what, that person acted this way five years ago, and there's something that's just different about them. And so when they tap you on the shoulder, what do you want them to see? Not you, Jesus in you. That's what's changed. You can't make this happen, right? You can't even fix yourself, let alone fix anybody else. So will you go to this relationship, with discipleship relationship with your father, the one that the majority of the people sitting in this building can write out the gospel, but do you know your father? What has he done in your life this week? Or last week? Or six months ago? Where have you seen your DNA just kind of start changing because there's something inside of you called the Holy Spirit that's doing a work. And what's fascinating is, is if you look at all this, you go down to, to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, what is Christ? He's supreme in all. So Paul's talking to a group of people who say, yeah, you can try to find knowledge over here, and there's going to be individuals that say, yeah, they have superior knowledge, but the knowledge comes from Christ and who he is. So here's a really kind of a neat way to kind of to put this all together. So come on up here, young lady. This This is Harper Holton. Okay. So stand right there so everybody can see you. Now, she has something that's called what? Okay, how many of you here can make it go back to normal? Okay, we got one. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna allow her to take this Rubik's Cube, and she's figured out all of the her dad told me this big word, but i don't I told him I could not say that in church because I'll totally mess it up in church what it is, but she- so this is who you are who we are sitting here right now. we're all a mess because of sin, so right now let's show him how this thing works so she's going to spend a little time standing here, and in her mind, she has learned if this is there and this is there there are sequences that she needs to do to put this joker back together again, right. Now, all of us know what's going to happen in the end. This thing's going to look right. But very few of us in this room are going to be able to do what she's going to be able to do here. So it's kind of neat to watch how her mind works around this little thing called her. <laughs> That's kind of fast. I mean, you're doing that. <laughs> and her to be able to figure this thing out. And what's fascinating is that if, we, if, if, she's, if you would stop her, she would say to you, yeah, I need to flip this one three times, and this one needs to go this way, then this one goes this way, and she can tell you what she needs to do while, before she even starts working on it. She can tell you step by step, and it's because her uncle um, can just basically, if he was here, he could just stand here and not really look at the thing and just kind of put it all back together again. He just knows by pictures in his mind this is what needs to take place in order for this thing to be solved, called a ruby's cube. So she's almost got it. How long is she, I know you're you're concentrating, how long has she been learning this? Probably not very long. I mean, she started working, I was watching her just kind of work on it at Christmas for the first time, and so (laughs) I think I'd just take a hammer and smash it and then just glue all the pieces back together. But not, you know, that's just, that's me. That's how I would do it. Because I don't have the patience to figure out all these little steps that she's got. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just a second. So I'm not obviously going to do anything with this other than I want to show you something. Because Jesus' death on the cross... My life is clean. So he took somebody that was a mess, and he made me whole. You know what's interesting? I'm challenging you to grow. I'm challenging you to fall on your face in a discipleship relationship with Jesus. Say, you know what? I need your help. And I don't know what it is, and I'm not really going to go on and on and try to figure it out. But the same way I sat across the table with some teenage kids and say, you know what, it's time for you to do a push-up. It's time for you to stop living like you're a mess. I realize when I take my last breath, the whole thing is going to be normal. Until then, it's going to be a little bit messy on this earth. But I want a growing relationship with my Father. I want a discipleship relationship with the Scriptures between me and Jesus, saying, okay, this is what you want from me as a son, Holy Spirit, this is what He's asking of me in your strength and your power, help me grow to be the man that you want me to be. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for what you've done in Harper's little mind. It's so awesome. And uh, so thank you for her life, and thank you for letting her be here today. And thank you for Bucky and the Benjamin House Ministry. So, Father, may that just continue to grow, and may, may broken lives be made whole through the gospel. So, Father, thank you that we know the gospel. So, Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you start or continue or encourage a discipleship heart in us? Not only do we know you as we have we ask you for forgiveness of our sin. Would you change us, Father, and a discipleship relationship with you through the Scriptures and through the power of the Holy Spirit? We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you.